Welcome, Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems of wisdom we can learn from them. Now, over to your host, Lisa Tamati. Welcome to the show, and today I have another one of New Zealand's sporting legends with me, uh, Maz Quinn from Gisborne, who is New Zealand's probably best-known surfer. He was the first uh, man in New Zealand to qualify for the World Tour, and was for years also on the qualifying tour. He is four times national champ uh, as surfing and surfing in New Zealand. Uh, and he's much more besides. And today, Maz talks to us a little bit about what it's like to be on the world tour, what's sort of involved in getting there, how hard it was to qualify, um, all of those sort of things, and what his mindset, you know, what I found really interesting was how hard it is to uh, ride the big waves and what it's like to be out there when it's absolutely huge as a um, a hobby surfer <laughs> myself, um, I am absolutely amazed at, at what these guys achieve. So without further ado, we'll hand it over to Maz Quinn. So I'd like to welcome to the show Maz Quinn. Maz, how are you doing? You're all over in, in Gisborne, are you? Yeah, 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 in Gisborne, way over on the east coast. <laughs> way over on the, what's the weather like over there? Um, oh, it's been good lately, the surf's been really good too, which is um, just been epic. Yeah, I've been checking out on your Facebook, and it seems like it's been going off over over in that part of the country. <laughs> oh, this is a this is usually a good time of year. Um, sort of February, March, April, May is uh, yeah, is our best time. Yeah, when you got a bit of uh, you know settled sort of weather after the summer heat and um, some good swells coming through. Yeah, it's been yeah, uh, and and even though those cyclones bring yeah. bring doom and gloom to some parts of New Zealand it usually drop off a lot of swell on the east coast. It's been really good. <laughs> You're like going, yay, woohoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty yeah. <laughs> oh, Well, um, just for the listeners out there who don't um, know you know, too much about you um, and you're pretty high profile, so a lot of people do know you, but uh, Maz is probably the best surfer that's ever come out of New Zealand. Um, I think we could say that safely, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're the first man to be on the the world tour. That's correct. Yes, yeah, on the yeah on the WCT yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty pretty amazing. Um, so I'd just like to go back over your your, uh, your career and just you know talk to you about where you got started and and how how it went you know in your career and what you what sort of amazing things that you you did achieve over that time. Um, so, you know, did you grow up in, in Gisborne? Give us a bit of your family background and your growing up. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, we grew up in Gisborne. Um, I was actually, yeah, actually born born in Hamilton. And then um, we, uh, my old man, had two, he had two job offers, one in Taranaki and one in Gisborne. Oh, bugger. He, you went, <laughs> <laughs> we got a cranger. <laughs> and he chose Gisborne, so yeah, and I moved here when I was like six months old. So oh wow! I've been here ever yeah. since. Yeah. So you're really and, um, true blue Gisborne boy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Grew up uh, um, living in. I was, we lived in town for a while, um, 
oh, about 10 minutes away from the beach. Everything's pretty close to the beach in Gisborne. And, and then, uh, so we surfed quite a bit. And then when I was like 12, my parents moved out to Wainui Beach. And, mm-hmm. and then yeah, that, everything changed from then on. I was like surfing, surfing before, before school, lunchtime, after school, sometimes during school, training <laughs> <laughs> it. I was allowed. Um, yeah, my Total parents were pretty, Hey. Total obsession. Yes. Yeah. It was, and and I think that move to living right on the beach. Yeah, that that, that was just a, yeah, that was a career changer right there. I think. Yeah. Um, so and then yeah. Yeah. Even yeah, I was uh, thirteen, I knew exactly what I wanted to be, and that was a pro surfer. And, wow. Um, yeah, I did everything everything I could to achieve that goal and. What gave you the like the confidence of you know at such a young age to know like I I you know I didn't know what the hell I wanted to be when I was forty five you know still didn't <laughs> um, <laughs> you know that's at thirteen years old that's where I'm aiming for that's what I'm going for yeah I don't know I just I just got influenced a lot by the um, all the uh, magazines and the and the movies the VHS movies that yep. came out yep. at the time um, and I don't know yeah it was just Surfing was such a big thing in our life, uh, in our family life. That yeah, it was just um, yeah. It's a sort of a wish. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, and like I said, just influenced by all those magazines, and I just wanted to be like the guys in the magazines and <laughs> and be the best best um, surfer I could. And and um, my uh, my old lady actually gave me this this quote that I had above my bed that I looked at every morning and night. It said, I don't want to be a beach bum. I want to be a professional athlete. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, that that was pretty, at the time I was, when she put it there, I was like, Oh, what are you doing? And then she made me (laughs) (laughs) leave it there. But yeah, every time, every time I opened my eyes every morning and just trying to bed, I read it. So, so it gave you sort of a, a bit of a, so your mum was sort of nudging in the direction of, you know, I don't just want you to be a surfer who cruises around and does nothing. I want you to go and be the best. Yeah, yes, yeah. You said if, if you're going to choose this path, if you want to choose this path, you do it properly and, awesome. and put 100% into it. So, yeah. That's so your, your your family was, was were all into surfing, eh? Like your mum and your dad and, like, uh, your dad in the... Judge or your, was it your mum? Yeah, and it, yeah. So they yeah. got, um, yeah, they all got really involved in uh, border, so it's a good one, border riders, um, and then on to um, to work at uh, Surfing New Zealand, and then yeah, my right. mum started up Women on Waves in Gisborne, which is just uh, getting all women into surfing, and wow. that was uh, yeah, early early uh, early nineties, so yeah, and then so yeah, you, my sister yeah. and my brother all. Past national champ, so we've all done well. Yeah. Yeah. So are you the oldest? You got Jay, your younger brother. Yeah, Jay. Yep. Jay's seven years younger than me, and then there's Holly, who's in the middle, five years younger than me. So yeah. And she's been a national champ too. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. So real talented. So obviously a very talented family, but. Do you think the guidance that you had from your parents was, was a big influence on the way you attacked this? You know, oh yeah, mission? definitely. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, like um, you like I said, yeah, when Mum said, yeah, if you will support you 100%, take you to all the comps, but if you want to do it, go down the contest route. You're going to have to, you know, put 110% into everything. So yeah, and you were yeah. sort of grateful for that 
sort of a guidance and, and yeah, even knew what it would time, take. Yeah, even though at the time, I guess, you don't really... Um, no. You don't really know, <laughs> you know. and you don't. You go, oh, mum's taking me to this comp again. I also want to go with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but um, no, it, yeah, when you look back, it, they really, really, really helped. You what they were doing. <laughs> so they were a big influence, obviously, in your in, in the later success that you that you had. Yeah, just and just the support as well. You know, supporting what I did and wanted to do and. And then yeah, and my brother and Jay and uh, Holly and then Jay followed on as well. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. And uh, to, to produce so three national champs in, in one family—that's pretty phenomenal, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I guess this, yeah, coming from Gisborne and living on the beach, you know, you got the really good waves at your doorstep. It's, um, yeah. And and coming from a surfing family, your old man surfed. Um, yep. It's pretty pretty hard not to get in the water every day. Oh, imagine if you'd been stuck on left in Hamilton. You probably would have missed out, <laughs> eh? <laughs> I hope you didn't come to Taranaki, though, because, you know, we could have claimed it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty, it's pretty amazing it's looking trippy. back on, you know, decisions that your parents make, which mm. path you go down, really. Yeah, and that's had a massive influence on your, you know, your whole career and your whole thing. Um uh, you know, when I uh, when I was young, I, I surfed. Uh, um, uh, you know, with you know Dawson, Mitch, my two brothers, obviously. Um, but yeah, they were talented, and I was completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd go out and everything. You know, like I'd be out there in winter, summer. Didn't have a wetsuit for the first couple of years. Winter, did the hard yeah. yards for about six yeah. years, and then I thought, no, I'm going to take up running. It's a whole lot easier. <laughs> Yeah. And nowadays I just dabble, have a have a bit of a play. But I, I, I you know, what surprises me with, with surfing and and what I sort of I could never get my head around was the hidings you get. <laughs> a lot of people don't, you know, don't surf, don't realise how scary it is out there. And you know, being doing what you do and being on the world circuit and stuff, you've got to go out in whatever's out, whatever's on on the day. How do you deal with that fear factor? You know, do you do you, have you ever had times where you're going, what the hell am I doing out here? Um, yeah, I think no, there was a, yeah, it's been a few times. I can remember one one time when I was real young, about twelve, I think I was out and it, the surf picked up real fast, and I got stuck yep. out there, and I was oh yeah, yep. <laughs> crying my eyes out. I was probably <laughs> only about four foot, but I was just yeah, I was just. So Way small, out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's all you had to do is um, just keep going out, keep going out, keep going out, and you slowly, slowly get used to it. And then um, to the fear of yeah, and then you just oh, um, I don't know, I knew what I used to. Yeah, it's more, it's more about. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's got to take a really large wave to hold you under for thirty seconds, and most of the time, ten seconds is the longest hold down, hold down you'll get. But um, right. yeah. it's just man, yeah, just knowing fact. in the back of your mind, um, yeah, unless you get hit by your board, yeah, you're going to come up. And 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 if, as long as you're attached to your board of your leg rope, you're going to come up eventually. Yeah, because I mean, uh, trying to relax. Sometimes you don't know which way which way is up. Yeah, um, um, yeah. A few times in Hawaii, I've had to grab grab my leash underwater and pull to to see which way is up. Because you're pulling your board, so you know which way's up. Yeah, 
Yeah, what, what is it actually really like, like in the really big stuff, like you know, pipeline or something, where it's you know the stuff that I watch and just dream and go, wow, you know, that's just. But I would never even can contemplate. Obviously, you know, you've got to have a skill set, but those those waves are just monsters, and you know, <laughs> I just watch these guys all the time. You know, because my my husband's a mad surfer, and you know, I watch everything all the time, and you know, I just I just can't fathom the you know there's a house coming at you or a ten story building it looks like and you just take it off on it what's it yeah like um, when you take a bad hit on one of those big ones yeah I think um, yeah it's just obviously if you've been surfing for a while you get you build up a tolerance to to big ways and and if you you like me I, I was never like a hard charging kid but it's sort of the long, you know, obviously the longer you're in the water, you get used to it. And and if you're, especially if you're super fit, and you, you know, you, you've yep. got, um, you know, in the back of your mind that you you can take, you can be able to hold your breath for a long time underwater while getting thrashed around. But yeah. um, it's it's just a mind thing, really, and it's and it's just yeah, Being trying to relax it. underwater. That's the yeah. hardest thing. Like when you're getting pounded underwater, getting ragdolled, you, you're trying to fight it, but. From all the guys I've talked to over the years that surf massive waves, they say you just got to relax and go with it. You're going you're gonna to eventually get let up. Um, yeah. And if you fight it, you're just going to lose more oxygen fighting oxygen it. So, yeah. So Did it's you just ever do any sort of that sort of training? You know, like I watched some of the top big wave riders, you know, that um, actually do survival type training nowadays. Um, is that something that you've ever done? Uh, no, I never really did that. I did a lot of swimming and underwater stuff. Um, yeah. But n- yeah, none of this running underwater rocks and yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that sort of stuff. I mean, those guys diving. are taking it to a to a new level now. Yeah. And they're yeah. just absolute mad dogs. I mean, just the waves they're trying to pull into now. Yes, phenomenal. I mean, oh, that's crazy. Just in the last few years, how it's increased in the whole uh, big wave. Um, you know, scene and circuit and, yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah. It's and the tow and you know now that you've got technology for all that sort of jazz going on. Um, so, how much do you think like the surf culture and, and the whole um, the limits that are being pushed? You know, how fast are things changing in, in the world? Um, yeah, oh, they it did go to a lot of that tow stuff uh, a few years ago, but now um, it's changing back to. Uh, paddling into the biggest wave possible instead of getting um, whipped in with a ski, but um, yeah, that's uh, so, so, I mean, some waves it's just impossible to paddle that fast, so you have to yeah. have to be yeah. um, whipped in with a ski. And in um, places like Jaws in Hawaii and Maui, on Maui, are just uh, yeah, that's just terrifying. I mean, they they can paddle into them, but these these other waves that are probably not as big, but way hollower like um there's this wave that's called the right in western australia and it's yep it doesn't even the amount of water behind the wave is just incredible it's got no back to the wave and it's yep. and um breaks over it's a real hollow. shallow shallow reef and it's, oh. yeah these guys are just so mad like um yeah, they say there's been a, everyone who's had a bad wipeout, they say it's the worst wipeout they've ever had over there. Wow. And it's, um, but yes, ways like that you just can't paddle into because they're just, they move too yep. fast. They're moving too fast and you mm-hmm. get that momentum of the pull. And have you ever done any challenge surfing? 
Yeah, yeah, we've got a we've got a good wave um, uh, just off Ma here. Yep. Um, about 50 minutes south of Gisborne, um, uh, that gets really, really, really big. It's called Bull Rock. Yep. And um, it's about six k up to sea, and then, yeah, it's just a, yeah, uh, that wave moves. Wow. Too far. You wouldn't be able to paddle in the wave. Just moves so it's far. Stays out to sea, so you you hop in a boat and get out there, and then you jump on yeah, the side and. Oh no, we're just on our skis here, getting towed in. Oh wow, that yeah. that, that must be pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, like, it's pretty crazy. Time. It's just like um, it's just uh, this big pinnacle of rocks just in the middle of the ocean. That's what it's, it's, it's like yeah. bullhorns. That's what it's called, bull rock. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a scary, scary wave. The amount of water that moves around it, um, yeah. It's, terrifying so, what, what's going through your mind when you you know you, you're about to take off on one of those either towing or, or or paddling and and you you know you're just at the top of that lip and you're looking down this monster that's um, moving under your feet what, what's going through your mind uh just anything going your mind? <laughs> not fall <laughs> off just like terror oh, that's what's yeah, going through just, my mind just going yeah, ah. just not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just not the fall off really it's um and but half the time when you're in, uh, either on the wave, you, you, you actually don't know how big it is behind you. Yeah, yeah. Um, until, yeah, we, we surfed out Bull Rock a few times and getting towed in, and then um, we usually take a photographer out there, Corey oh, yeah. Scott, and um, then we come in and see the photos. It's like, what? <laughs> what the hell was I doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, yeah, it just, yeah, they just look huge. But when you're actually on it, you actually don't know how big it is. And you think that you're just so focused um, and like you're doing things because you've been doing it for so many years that you're sort of on an automatic pilot. Everything is so tuned in your mind and your body that yeah, you're like, in um, the zone. You know, you're yeah, in a, in a sort you're of When you're that big, yeah, you're so focused on everything around yeah. you and, and making sure you're going to make the wave. But, yeah, the worst, the worst thing because you're wearing uh, you wear some flotation vests these yep. days that um you know they make you pop up a lot quicker but when you unfortunately when you fall off it they make you you can't you don't penetrate the water oh. so you skip so along you the skin like a stone <laughs> <laughs> so you get yeah so you get you get thrashed way harder wow. but you pop up way quicker oh so, wow, i didn't know that so you end yeah. up like being skittered along like mm. a skipping so, so so for example you you fall off at the top yeah, instead of falling, and sometimes if you haven't got a flotation vest on, you can actually penetrate and pop up yep. at the back. But yep. with, the, with the flotation vest, yeah, you don't penetrate. You just you oh. roll. So they got some disadvantages. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen the guys wearing them, you know, in the big wave stuff, and can mm. go. They must be quite bulky too. Once they do blow, you go, yeah, up. yeah. Well, because you, you can't undo um, them, can you? You can't. Yeah, the ones it. that Mavericks and that uh, and George. They're pull cord ones that they inflate. They got gas cylinders and these tiny gas cylinders that inflate. Yep. And um, yeah, those they're, are, they're forever pumped up after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh, they're, they're not too thick. They're not too bad to paddle in. But um, yeah, when you when they pop, when well, when you pull the string, man, yeah, you go, you go to the surface pretty quick. Right, you get shot mm. up. So, so I guess oh, wow. um, yeah, those guys have got that in the back of their mind as well. Mm. So it's it's sort of they can go a bit harder. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they yeah, know so they're going to come up real fast. 
So these sort of technological, yes, you can actually get to the ripcord, I suppose, mm. too, is the other thing when yeah, you're getting rabbit gold down. I think when they're about to, they know they're going to fall, if only their hand goes straight to their chest where the cord comes out. Right, yeah. they've got that on automatic pilot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, the companies actually don't sell them because they can't guarantee they'll open every time. Right, crikey. So um, they can't sell them to the punters to make them for their team riders. Yeah, so. Wow. So, mm. you, yeah, you could um, you could be, you know, your parachute might not save you sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heck. But um, so what about with board design in the last, say, 20 years? You know, things have changed massively from when I was, you know, young, youngling doing it. Um, does it really make a difference, or can you, you know, like you, you could write anything? Um, well, yeah, the, the boards, the boards have changed dramatically. Yeah, but uh, they're sort of getting, uh, it's going in the shorter, shorter round, going shorter and shorter, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, they, they make a big difference, really. If, if uh, for um, advanced lots surfers. people doing sort of a lot more really fancy manoeuvres and you know 360s and things that was more was rare back in the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and now you see every Tom, Dick, and Harry doing these crazy manoeuvres. Is yeah. that all board? Is that all? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because the shorter, yeah, the shorter you go, the more manoeuvre it will be. So, um, uh, and it's easier to do, you know, those big ears in rotations they do these days. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a sort of trend now. It's a bit shorter and going uh, a bit more wider. Um, but I think... So more volume in the whips and... Yeah, more volume, more width. Um, like a skateboardy type. Yeah. More, yep. And what about, like, you know, your sister's obviously a national champ. Your mum's um, been big in, in helping women get into surfing and promoting that as a sport. I mean, just when thinking back to the days when I started, but, you know, 30 years ago, 33 years ago, sure. <laughs> um, um, you know, I was, like, maybe one of 10 in the country um, yep. that surfed, and uh, we were way outnumbered. I think there's a couple of girls here, and that was it, you know. Um, mm. And the level of women surfing across, you know, uh, wasn't very wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, and now you watch the girls on the tours and oh, even yeah. local, you know, girls, Madonna yeah. Williams or Paige Harris or um, those ripping, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the girl turning who's like in the last sort of fifteen years just exploded. Um, and their 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 uh, the talent is. Has gone through the roof, really. It's and it's, yeah, and they've had a really quick progression as well over the last sort of ten years. Yep. Um, especially on the on the upper echelon of the girls, yeah, their progression has probably gone quicker than the guys, I'd say. Yeah, well, um, they had a lot more catching up to do, I suppose. And um, but yeah, we're just watching some of the girls now. They're just um, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, what it's, what uh after that um. <laughs> I don't know, but after that Blue Crush movie, I just it just it was just girls, girls, girls surfing everywhere. It was, really? That's for, for my opinion, it was. Yeah. So that's what it. Yeah, oh, it didn't start it, but that really helped women surfing. I think. Wow. Or, girl, or, or getting women into surfing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, from then on, yeah, it's just exploded, and 
some of the What's some it? of the brands now make more money of the of the woman's side of it than the than the. Well, it's still pretty hard though, isn't it? Like from what I hear, and you know, um, might be outdated, but how hard it is for a woman to get sponsorships, to keep sponsorships, um, and what they get paid and, and things is, is still not anywhere near on a par with the guys. Um, no, I don't. I think the top top girls would be would be very very close. Yeah. Now, um, it's even with the guys though. Like when I when I was doing it, uh, sort of late nineties, early two thousands, there was a lot of money around. Like, um, yeah, yeah, lots and lots of coin. And uh, but now, even oh, for everyone now, it's just so hard. Like, um, even top guys, you know, are finding yeah. it hard to live on. To actually make a living. Money. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, I um, find it's just so stupid. You know, like the world of sport, um, uh, you know, funding in sport, it's just so uh, fickle. You know, you, you, you look hmm. at the sports like, I mean, I'm an ultramarathon runner and there's absolutely nothing. You know, like, I mean, I've, you know, qualified for the world champs and things and I've got to pay my own singlets, you know, I don't even get that. <laughs> they decide whether they let you go, you know, even if you've qualified. Um Whereas, uh, I mean, okay, there's, there's obviously not a spectator sport, you know. Yeah. It's logical that there's not that much. Although you've got big running brands, you know, you'd think there'd be a bit more money in the sport. But then you look at the likes of, say, golfing or bloody darts, and, mm. you know, there's no there's no uh, comparison. That the money is horrendous. And yet the yeah. top guys in the world in surfing or the top girls are struggling just to make ends meet and stay on the tour or... Um, you know, ultramarathon runners are doing epic, epic things and they can't even get, you know, enough to put food on the table. They have to work mm. as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's a crazy, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy show. Oh, it right? is, yeah. Um, yeah I, don't, I don't know how it works because Billabong <laughs> and Quicksilver and all them, they've got money, they're big companies. Yeah. How are they different than, say, a tennis thing where they're getting paid millions or a... Um, I don't know, golfing, whatever their things are. Um, yeah. Um, where does that money come from? Yeah, the, I found that it's definitely in the last five or so years the the contracts for people have changed and it's unfortunately gone in the direction of um, social media. Yeah. And that, um, some people's contracts are purely on social media now. Wow. Um, but what is, how big an effect you have? How many, yeah, how many followers you got, how... Wow. What to, how many times you put a clip out on you know a minute clip on Instagram or uh, it's yeah it's wow. it's just retarded. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's become. You have to. Uh, I mean, I when I'm talking to people about you know ultramarathon running and you know some of these uh, races and things that would go to like fifty, seventy grand to, to get there, and um, you've got to raise that money, train, let alone put food on your own table and pay your own bills. Um, and, the, and the sacrifice that that takes, uh, you know, and there's no sort of big payday at the end of it either. You know, mm. even if you're the best of the best, there's no payday. And okay, we choose that, we choose that life, and we choose that sport. But um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, like even like this podcast is why I, I am out there because yep. I know the power uh, that that it all it all lives and dies on your uh, brand. And your influence, oh, totally. and yep. and um, so hopefully we'll be able to, you know, this is keeping this little 
you know, extra little bit on Google Health, all these little bit of rankings and, you know, you have to become an expert at everything when you've got to finance your own way in your sport. And I think um, for the young athletes that are out there listening to this, you know, uh, be aware of that. Be aware that you, unless you're a rugby player or a golfer or a tennis sensation or something, you're going to have to make your own way in the sport and train and, um, uh, you know, Grow your own brand, be your own ambassador. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's it's a huge thing now. Is yeah, um, growing your own brand. Yeah, and isn't that like that's? I mean, I was just, uh, watching a documentary recently on um, Silvana uh, Lima. Right, Lima, yeah. Yeah, and she was saying how hard it was for her to get sponsorships, even though she was like I think number two in the world, in the world at the time or something, because she didn't look like you know a bombshell model, um, super yep. good looking, you know, she's an athlete yep. and um and I thought that just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks so badly. Yeah. As an athlete she's a, absolutely she'd be my favourite. Um and why the hell does that matter to a brand and it but it is. It's all about Yeah, unfortunately and, Yeah, unfortunately you know. on the girl side of it it, it does. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is Long pretty gorgeous. updated but um <laughs> You're all good. Yeah. But that shouldn't be dependent, you know, if you're an athlete, no. you're an athlete. It should be dependent yeah. on your abilities, perhaps your ability to speak and to be an ambassador and stuff, but um, yeah. it shouldn't come, you know, down to tits and ass really, which is what it comes yeah. down to at the end of the day, and that's, that's a yeah. sad uh, indictment of, of things, yeah. really. And, yeah, and, yeah, I was just lucky when I was growing up, you know, I had a, um, you had backing, uh, from Crooksville at, at the time was just a massive, massive company. So, um, and having yep. that, having that support is, you know, you don't have to worry about that, which is Great. Um, just yeah. such a big relief. You know, off, uh, it's a big weight off your shoulders. That's something you yeah. don't have to worry about. Well, you can actually be a professional and train like yeah. a professional, but you're not having to worry about trying to make ends meet and get to yep. the events and um, and all of that. And so, if we look at it like that. What's it actually like to be on the world tour? You know, like if we look at, you know, from a from a point of view of a young Gisborne boy and he's fought his way up and he's finally, you know, been on the QS and then he's got on the world tour. What was it like that first time when you qualified for the world tour? Um, oh yeah, it was amazing. Um, uh, I can remember uh, I had a really bad start to the year on the WQS to qualify and. Um, and then I came into yeah came into South Africa, um, a Durban event in, a event that was in Durban and and got a fifth. It was one of the oh. biggest comps of the year. And then I had a run of five straight five straight results in contests. I didn't win any, but I had uh, two yep. thirds, a fifth, or two fifths, two fifths, yep. two thirds, and I think it was a ninth and. That was it. I qualified straight away. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing run through uh, South Africa, America, and Europe, France, and Portugal, actually. And, um, well, yeah, it was just, yeah. I don't know, it just seemed really easy at the time. <laughs> but after all these other years of trying, I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, and the, yeah, I remember in, uh, it was in August in France, end of August, and... Uh, uh, I got third. I got another third in a really big comp in in Hossegore and South France, and um, and yeah, they, the 
the tour director said, yeah, you've, you've qualified for next year, even though it's August and it finishes in um, December. Crap. But um, you've, yeah, you've got enough points for next year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I was, and uh, oh, I just, yeah, it's like a dream come true, as you can imagine. Like, uh, yeah, how old were you when that, that five, happened? Five years flogging out on the, on the qualifying yep, series. Yeah, on the yep. And when you um, finally get into the big... Yeah, the big time, and um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing how how it, yeah, how much uh, yeah. my life changed after that. Really, Did it? Yeah, really Tell quickly. Us about that. Yeah, um, I was just um, not so much on tour at the end, but just when I came back to New Zealand, um, yeah, the, the profile just went through the roof, mm. which was good for me and good for my sponsors at the time. Um, and yeah, I can remember. Um, can remember coming home, flying into Gisborne, and uh, my parents and my best mate were there. There's a limo with a red carpet. <laughs> How old are you? Yeah. You you'd hit the big time then. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was pretty classic. It was it was good to awesome. yeah, it was good to come home, and celebrate with them, and yeah, and, uh, and yeah, having parents. What were they like? They, yeah, I, I, I rang them from France um, straight after the final and. And yeah, it was like uh, three o'clock in the morning or something. No, freaking out. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah, going. Oh, what's wrong? What's happened? <laughs> panic, panic. What's happened? Yeah, but it was no, all good news. news. And yeah, they said they couldn't couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. It was like, yeah, mm, no, finally cracked it. Did you yeah, and the then tour is you know, top forty-four guys. Is that right? Yeah, that time it was the top forty. Yeah. Top yeah, top forty yeah. guys. Yeah, mm. so you know, you you know that you're in the, and that, that means the whole next year you're on that circuit going around yeah. the world with the best, with the Kelly Slaters of the world. And yeah, what was that like? Like stepping up into that league for that you know that year on the tour. What was that like? Uh, yeah, so the train the train's actually pretty hard before the first con, con, contest in March at the Gold Coast. Pixel Pro, um, and then yeah, it was pretty. Going into it, as it's as a rookie, you know, first year on, it's mm. pretty daunting when you you know get into the, get into the uh, competitors yeah. there and go into your locker and there's like all these <laughs> other guys, and then you know, you uh, up to all your life and just go yeah, uh, sort of yeah, it's pretty freaky, kind of uh, just nervous really, and yeah, just had a. Uh, you just you just get an underlying yeah. feeling of do you be, do belong do you belong there yeah and stuff the old like imposter syndrome that's come up a couple of times in my conversations the last couple of days where you're thinking what the hell am I doing here you know I'm yeah not, I yeah. don't fit in here I'm not really that good so is that what you sort of feeling at the beginning yeah it was it was it was definitely you know it took even though um, and then I had um, a sixty minutes crew following me around as well. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it really helped um, my first contest, but I actually ended up getting fifth, made the quarterfinals. Oh, wow. um, my first um, world 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 fifth league comp. So I was at the time that was the best that a rookie had ever done. Um, yeah, so it was oh. pretty pretty. Uh, best uh, pretty for a Kiwi ever. Yeah, well, you're the only Kiwi guy. Is that right? You're the only one that's yeah. ever got on the circuit. So I think no, Ricardo got on a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah, but I was the first guy. But um, yeah. So it was, it was. I think 
it was daunting at the time, that first contest, but then when I did really well, um, yeah, that released a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, yeah. You had a good then, start um, to the show. Yeah. In 60 and, Minutes, what did, you know, like, what was that like, having having them follow you around, making a documentary on your, your rise to superstardom? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was... <laughs> I don't know, it felt kind of weird when they'd be following me around and there's all these other guys that are way well more well-known than I am. And, um, yeah, they're just like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to that because I did a race in um, Death Valley in the USA, which is like the ultimate in our sport, the world sort of unofficial champs of, of our sport. And, you know, it was a combination of 15 years' work getting there. And 2020 came with me and filmed it. And, you know, I'm standing there, I'm just exactly like you, standing on the start line next to all my heroes going, what the fucking heck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. well, how am I going to get through this? And, yeah. you know, 2020 doing the documentary for me and, mm. um, you know, how, how cool that was. And it was still a, a life-changing event, you know. Looking yeah. back, it's one of my greatest, you know, things to look back on and go, wow, yeah, I did do that, you know. Yeah. Do you think it gives you confidence? Like when you, when you put yourself out there and you go into the extremes and you're right outside your comfort zone. Now looking back, at, you know, on that time, how did it change your approach to the rest of your life? You, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I've always been uh, quite reserved and yep. yeah, not not like getting out of my comfort zone very often. But um, <laughs> that that um, yeah, make, making the uh, the world tour, yeah, there was a lot of things I had to do that I, I wouldn't have normally done and didn't really enjoy at the time. But looking back, it, um, yeah, it just made me way more headstrong and stronger, and and, yep. and being not so nervous to do other, do other things. Yeah. Yeah. So did it have an effect? I mean, you know, I know for me, um, once I've done a couple of massive things, it really made me the comp- my confidence. Levels your self-esteem, all of that sort of thing, go up. Did that have that sort of effect? You know, when, yeah. you, when you're coming home and you're doing your jobs and you're doing your whatever, your interactions with people, and you can sort of sit there and go, "Well, I am okay." You know, I've done something. I'm proud of myself. Um, with you know, in a not arrogant way, but no. just in a in a confident yeah. way that you probably weren't when you were younger. Yeah, oh, totally, and and definitely the. The surfing improved a hell of a lot as well, yep. which was um, which really is one of the main things I, that I was looking forward to. So I knew um, hanging out with all those guys, uh, your surfing's going to improve if you hang out with guys, you know, the world champs and guys yeah. in the top ten all the time, and you surf with them all the time. I mean, it pushes yep. you to um, improve when you have to. Yeah. So. Um, what were the guys yeah. like? You know, what, you know, what's oh, no, something playing the light? Yeah, no, was, and like I, I knew most of them, because most of them did did some of the uh, WQS comps as well. So I, know, I yep. knew a hell of a lot of them, but not I guess the top ten guys didn't really do them. But um, yeah, just through cause, yeah, Kelly was sponsored by Cooksill at, at the time as well. So we did things with with our sponsors and Together, yeah. So, yeah. So no, no, everyone was mellowers. I mean, I. Oh, there was always there was definitely a few blow ups between people um in the water and on the beach but uh yeah after a um after a few minutes was, you know, yeah, they, yeah. You, yeah, you just wash it off and everyone's friends and it's just competing, everyone knows that. But yeah, on the, it was only very rarely that 
they ca- it came from the water to the beach. Usually, it's what stays, you know, what happens. Water stays in the water, and you sort yep. it out out there. And and I never, I never saw any fights or anything. There's but no big egos or massive. No, no, no. The only thing I was quite surprised was yeah, everyone was just yeah, pretty. Um, well, everyone was friendly. Everyone knew everyone, and mm. you know they competed. Well, fierce competitors, but you know once you're on land, yeah, everyone's mates. Nice and, people. Yeah. yeah, generally. Yeah, because you, you do get a lot, you know, in the, the surfing's got a sort of a rep of being, um, uh, you know, quite doggy dog out there sometimes in the lineups nowadays, eh, with everybody. Oh, it is. Yep. You know, um, yep. and it can be quite an intimidating place um, out there, <laughs> especially yep. if you're a young youngling and, or you you don't have a lot of confidence or you're just learning or you're yep. you know, young girls and that sort of thing. Um do you think that, that that's ever going to change and get a bit better um, or is it always going to be doggy dog out there? Uh, I think certain breaks will be that like that for forever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like um, yeah, I mean, some so a lot of beaches will never be like that. The locals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just just um, yeah, really good. Roads like that here, really, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very territorial. Um, I remember Dorse took me out there last year, and it was a good solid six foot. And I, hadn't, you know, surfed in bloody years. I've been out, <laughs> going out a couple of times. From, you know, but you know, Dorse is like, yeah, come on, you know, what are you, you know, deal with it. And so I went out, and it was huge. And I, you know, I could see the guy going, "What the hell is she doing out here?" You know, <laughs> and but because Dawson's local and he's, you know, rules roosts out there, sort of thing. Yeah. I got away with it. But there, was, there was a few comments afterwards, you know, well, how come she can come out here, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> Take no, it up with my brother, would you? Yeah, yeah it definitely happened. <laughs> I mean, on, on, you like you said, on really good ways around New Zealand, yeah. around the world. I mean, I mean, New Zealand's probably mellow compared to... Yeah, know, um, some of the so, really yeah. heavily fought over breaks and competition. Yeah. And just, oh, I think it's a shame, really. I, I think it's, you know be great if we could all just live and live, you know, <laughs> yeah. be a little bit more mellower out in the water and not so intimidating. You know. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, no one owns it, you know. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but then it's quite funny because then, you, you know, uh, these guys, and even in Gisborne, these guys that are outside of cannot stand surfing with them, absolute pricks in the water, but then you get them on land and they're nicer than <laughs> It's just the competition of, of, yeah, being out there and trying to to get the limited amount of waves and and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, if we move on, like, you've officially, officially, officially retired, (laughs) Um, but you were recently in the, in the, um, Reagan Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah, through my, through my back in there. (laughs) <laughs> so you're totally back in. <laughs> yeah. How, how's the body hanging together at the Waffle Race of 40? Yeah, um, yeah, you turn, yeah, turned 40 last year, 41 this yeah. year. So, um, but, um, yeah, so yeah, went back, surfed in the Ragon, Ragon, um, Rick Hill Pro and Ragon there a few weekends ago. It's, uh, no, it was mm-hmm. good. No, the swell looking, swell's mm-hmm. looking really good. So, and, um, and I'd won the last two in a row, so I really wanted to make a three-peat of it. So I thought, yep. oh, man, might as well do it and, and um, try and give it a go and um, keep keep the youngins at bay for another <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, not, not over the hill yet. I mean, what is it like, like, talking about getting older as an athlete and stuff? How have you found I mean, you've been surfing for so long. You've done so much. You've achieved so much. Mm. Um, how has that transition 
going back to not being in that, I mean, you're still obviously top surfer and you're always going to be a yeah. top surfer, but um, not being in that competitive world and, and going back into the well, real world, if you like, yeah. um, you know, what did you do in your career-wise, if I can ask, like, when, you know, um, coming back to being in New Zealand after being on the tours uh, or both tours, um, you know, what's it like to, to come back to normality? Yeah, um, it was yeah, at the end of it. I was getting you know, sort of start to get over just traveling all the time and living out of suitcase. It does mm. wear down after I did it for like twelve years. That so, um, wow, That's yeah. Time. So I did it uh, sort of eighteen, sort of started to yeah, thirty. Wow, uh, when I sort of yeah um, retired from the yeah, world tour and. Even then, look now. Now looking back, now thirty is is like when you're pretty much hitting your prime. <laughs> I know. Like, you, know you wouldn't even it's top of your game, but you'd been doing it so long. I think. Yeah, I think, I think that part of it just wore me down. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and like, and kind of wanted normality in my life. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was really hard uh, when I retired from the world circuit. I was like, oh, I, re- I had a really crap year. Yep. And it was just um, it was a yeah, number of things, and then I was just uh, but yeah, it's, I, I really. Did you find like an idea, have a bit of an identity crisis? I know that like I've been sort of transitioning out from just the last couple of years, really. You know, and I'm 48 now, and got my sport. You can go out longer, and it's just really been the last two years that I've been transitioning out and not taking on the big, big challenges, mm. and. Um, I, you know, I must admit that I've been fighting with an identity crisis for a good part of that. I think I'm sort of... Yeah, uh, now, I, I, I did. I was, I still did the competitions back in New Zealand, and but uh, the main thing, I had a, I had a really good sponsor, and, and um, yeah, they really were really supportive of me. They said, we don't, we don't mind that you're not um, doing not, the world, yeah. you're on the world tour, but if you still, if you still want to... Ha- um, you know, go on surf trips and get photos and do wow. get, um, awesome. exposure that way. We're more than happy. And, and, Gee, that's and awesome. to be honest, I was earning more after I stopped the World Tour <laughs> than I was really? um, yeah, when I was on it. So, wow. Um, yeah, that, 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 cool. yeah, that, that's that, great. that released a huge pressure valve, which yeah. I, I was a bit worried about going into, going then, going, I mean, yeah. bringing them up and saying, hey, look, I'm not going to do the. Who managed to get that sort of free surfing? You know, something there's a few guys making a living out of free surfing free around the world and just providing videos and yeah, that um, sort of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really supportive and they were fine with that. And so yeah, um, it really worked for uh, (laughs) for the rest of the time. Really, it was yeah. So you're still doing amazing. Yeah, you still um, you know that sort of your gig still you're going around. Doing that type of stuff? Um, oh, not as much. No. Um, yeah, and then I did. I, I did the yeah, did the New Zealand circuit for a, for a long time, and yep. uh, but I still really enjoyed competing, and, um, and then, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. And then um, um, all through the mid yeah mid thirties and that, or probably from the early thirties even till the. Uh, even till now, really, is 
I reckon I've done. That's when I did my best thing I've ever done. Pretty much. Oh, oh no! Probably um, really probably. <laughs> yeah. So no, I was good though. I was, it took me oh, definitely half six months to to stop stop missing the world tour and missing because yep. when you yeah when you when you I mean going oh I can't be bothered going to this comp when you're at the end of your career and then the, when you actually do retire from that, you go, oh, I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, looking forlornly over the fence going on. Oh, yes, yeah, so, but it's good. Like, these days, you know, it's, uh, you can still watch them on TV and and, and now, I mean, it only took like, yeah, like six months or a year and I was really, I knew I made the right decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially when you still get, you know, paid to do what you love doing and, yeah, and then, even having the pressure of actually competition and... Yeah, that's right. Know, um, and, and how do you see your life moving forward? You know, like how is, you know, like are you going to be able to transition into more? Because um, I know, like a lot of athletes, and you know, I've interviewed a lot of athletes, and mm. um, and I've you know sort of been on the journey myself of turning everything that you've learned into the next career, the next yeah. um, business, the next yeah. opportunities, and it isn't over just because you've changed your focus. I think actually you're. What I've found is the the world's my oyster now, because I'm not putting 100 billion hours a week into training like a madman mm. or woman. Um, I get to um, extend my abilities in other directions, um, yep. and you, you bring the same focus, you bring the same discipline, you bring the same passion to the next thing and everything that you've learned. I think. Um, yep. How's that sort of? Do you finding that as well? Um, yeah, like. Um yeah, when I before I started um, uh, doing that or transitioning over from competitive surfing or or the world tour, um, yeah, my old man always did my finances and he he made me put away money every year when I was earning good yeah, money okay. and then ended up getting a uh, like property. So yeah. when I transitioned out and I knew the sponsors weren't going to. I mean, stop paying me, you know, the big dollars. Um, I knew that that would, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to. Uh, you weren't going to be on the bones of your ass like some no. people are when they finish their sporting <laughs> career and it all stops, eh? Yeah, yeah oh, that's right. I mean, it's phone pretty hard sometimes and yeah. getting these big checks every yep. uh, month and then they stop. Oh, and they stop, like, yeah. What Yeah. Where to from here? <laughs> mm. So uh, no, it was that part of it was good. Then I didn't have to worry about um, that side of it. Yeah, that's the uh, Yeah, at the time was going. What the hell? What took this much yeah. money? What do you mean left for every year? <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, uh, you're looking back. It was the best, you know, best move that could have happened, really. Yeah, and what have you got like in your life now? Like, what are you sort of Projects that you're into at the moment. Yeah, so um, I've just got um, uh, cruising properties. around the world surfing still. Yeah, so I've got a few <laughs> properties around, and so I don't have to yep. uh, do them. I did actually took them off my job, and uh, a few years ago, and I did work in Auckland nine to five thirty. Yep. And yeah, just hated it. Hated it. Yeah. <laughs> just could not do it. I was just yep. yeah. 
going to work in the dark, going home in the dark was just not for me. No, no. Not Even though they were pretty lenient, they were pretty lenient, and I did get I did get to go surfing now and again. Um, but uh, yeah, I just man, it was just um, yeah, the city, the traffic just did my head in, and um, driving forty minutes to the one way to the beach. Was yep. really yeah. After two years, I had enough. I mean, no, yep. I'm going back to Gisborne. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. I'll make a way somehow. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Fine. So like, I'm it's still in New Plymouth, and you know, career-wise and business-wise, it'd be better to be in Auckland. But no, nah, that ain't happening anytime soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've got to find ways to not have to live in those places. And yeah, and um, you know, yeah. Right now, I'd like to. Yeah, I'm in a bit of a. Uh, um, of a, uh, what to do? Yeah, transitioning. Um, yeah, transition into it. I want to do something with surfing for sure, but um, yeah, uh, I just yeah haven't done or haven't found haven't out what yet. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to panic and hurry into these things. No, no, that, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's one nice thing about it. I don't mm. have, yeah, um, mm. yeah, there's no time restraint on finding something, you know. Yeah, and what what I've you know like found. Um, is getting into businesses the opportunities that you get like now with um, online everything that's online you know um, yeah. I've got you know uh, when I first came back I, mean, I was a jeweler by trade and then that started to be difficult industry to be in um, and now I've got everything from you know I've got six companies and I'm in my fingers in there and you know doing doing mm. a bit of this and doing a bit of that yeah. and if you if you take every, every all the lessons that you've learned and realize how much you've actually got in your head and how much of a skill set that you can share with people um you know that's what i've found fantastic is the technology to be able to do that so i have an online coaching academy i have an online courses that i'm doing right now and um and events that i run and, and things like that so you know, it's all to do with that that same area, in the same sort of uh, sporting area or mindset area, but it's all using everything that you've learned, hey, and yep. it's finding those that niche for you, you know, yeah. to, to take that next career, that next part of your life, um, yep. and all those skill sets that you'll have in your back pocket. That you sometimes you don't realise you've got them. I think yeah, you know, totally, you yeah. take it take it for yeah. granted, you know, that you. The, you know, like what you know, the pressures that you got under and how you coped with them, the discipline that you brought to your sport, the mm. focus, you know, all of those sort of things that you're able to then share in the corporate world or in the, with youth, with youth, or yep. you know, there's just a billion opportunities really out there now. Mm. Oh yeah, I've taken up a hell of a lot of time, <laughs> <laughs> and this has just flowed beautifully. You know, it's been an absolute um, pleasure to have you on the show and. Um, you know, you're a real icon or a sporting legend in New Zealand and um, you've led the way for many uh, other young uh, kids out there who aspire to to do what you, you have done. Um, and I hope you could, you know, continue to be a big influence in that in that world. Yeah, um, have you got any sort of, yeah, any sort of words of wisdom that you'd want to, um, you know, people listening or kids listening or, you know? Yeah, it's just... Uh, all I can think of is just um, yeah, just when I was young, when I was 13, and want, all I wanted to be was a professional surfer. It was just yeah, just um, at that time, being from a kid from Gisborne, uh, just it just seemed 
Well, it didn't actually seem impossible, but uh, you just got to have a. Um, you just want it, You just need to have to want it so badly that it's so that sort of thing. Um, yes, yes. And you do everything, <laughs> do everything in your, in your, um, just do everything you can to if you if you if you want that dream, do everything you can to get there. And and I mean. At the, when I was growing up, I missed out on the heat. You've got to make so many sacrifices, and, yeah, and there'll be yeah. so many ups and downs along the way. But um, if you keep that one goal in mind, and, and your mind never falters off your goal, you know you'll you'll get there. Yeah, that's that's perfect. That's a perfect message. Keep focus. Keep believing. Keep backing yourself. Yeah, always believe. Yep. yep. Do what others won't do today so that you can do what you want to do most. <laughs> yes, I think, yeah. yeah, that's a fantastic message. Hey, yeah. look, thanks very much, man, for, for spending all this time with us and uh, you're a legend. Keep being a legend. And I hope I get to come over to Gizzy and meet you one day. You can take yeah, yes, paddle, yes. but not, not out to that mafia place. Oh, that mafia place. <laughs> Ma- mafia place. Mafia place. <laughs> mafia, yeah. No worries. No worries. Okay. Been good. Thanks, man. Yes. All right. Bye. See you. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.